if plus <laughs> I can't even do it. If if pleasure feels <laughs> if pleasure feels like an obliteration, something is wrong. <laughs> Alright, so as listeners of the show know, uh, I'm an Alabama football fan, uh, I, I am a Christian, but I'm also a fan of the Miami Dolphins, uh, which has been a, uh, it's been a somewhat tortured 20-year history of that. Uh, Nate, as well, is a fan of the Miami Dolphins, it's one of our uh, common interests of trying to figure out what exactly the front office is doing, however... Nate, you are also a fan of the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, I guess you could say I just like teams that wear orange in some way. (laughs) Oh, my question to you is, Dolphins, uh, worst team in the NFL, Tennessee Volunteers, and an open and uncontained trash fire this year. Mm -hmm. My question, exactly how many unconfessed sins do you have right now, Nate? Well, I don't know if it's that. I mean, I feel like I've been pulling my weight at least. I mean, we dodged a hurricane <laughs> and some other things down here in Florida. Um, it, it's been like this, honestly, since the beginning of the millennium, really. I mean, last time Tennessee was legitimately good was when we won the national championship in 99. So that's been about 20 years. The last time the Dolphins even sniffed at greatness was, I think, Marino's rookie year, which was the year... I think that was the year I was born. We were decent in the 90s, but once he retired, it's just been textbook mediocrity since then. <laughs> textbook mediocrity. Speaking of my dating career. Yeah. Oh, wow. I could speak of, could speak of a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of Christian publishing. Textbook mediocrity as well. <laughs> so if, if you're somewhat new to this show, you, you don't realize that might not realize that, that Nate is a, a veteran of the Fun Sexy Bible Time uh, universe. It's been a hot minute. I mean, last time we talked, uh, Game of Thrones was still on the air. And this is true. We still had hope that it would end well. Right. Yeah, we had we had some hot takes, some theories. <laughs> I don't think any of which came to fruition. <laughs> no, no. We, uh, but it's cool. We got the, uh, the hastily assembled um, summit meeting where they... Uh, ironed out all of their differences in an implausible manner in about 11 minutes. So that was cool. It's a super convenient plot device. I don't, I don't know why more shows don't use it. <laughs> so what this podcast should do. We should just have like a, uh, like, like a little five minute segment at the end where we tie everything together and uh, try to make everything right. Yeah. There's like a moral of the story to end everything out. <laughs> Like a, uh, a focus on the family, a uh, little mini devotional at the end of each show. There we go. Just You, you can just change the podcast name to Adventures in Odyssey 2.0. <laughs> Have like a little soft, tinkling piano music in the background. Um, I guess that's where you would come in as, as the uh, music minister of Fun Sexy Bible Time, as it were. I could, yeah, I could, uh, I could brush up for that and just, you know, do some ambient <laughs> piano noodling, as they call it. <laughs> but it, I'm, I, I'm really good at playing the thing that you have to play while someone's praying. Like it, it's got to be repetitive enough to not 
draw anyone's attention, but soothing enough to not like build tension while someone's trying to pray. And then it's just always difficult to sync up the ending with the ending of the prayer because some pastors, they, they do that like false ending where you think they're about to conclude and then they go on for like five more minutes. And it's like, I don't have that much material back here. You got to wind this thing down. It's a, spe- it's a specialized skill. Mm-hmm. It's one of the many things you they don't actually teach you in music lessons, Bible college or seminary. And yet somehow <laughs> is extremely practical. <laughs> so I know you on Twitter. I know Casey on Twitter. However... The link is that you and Casey actually know each other in real life. That's true. And I I don't know. I'm trying to think back into the history of if we found you, you found me via the book review process. (laughs) That's a long time ago. (laughs) We connected on Twitter. And then I think, I don't, I don't remember, but we, we would have to look at a timeline to see if you and Casey connected on Twitter before she and I connected at church. But I've been teaching her kids piano for about five years, I think, at this point. So she told me to try to trip you up by asking you to describe her apparel when you arrive for piano lessons. Uh, I don't know. Can I comment on that? <laughs> she was like, I think Nate's probably too nice and proper to, to take the bait, but ask him, ask him what I'm wearing when he usually rolls in for piano lessons. I would, I mean, I would say we're in a comparable dress code. Um, <laughs> it, maybe we call it pre-workout. <laughs> it's not necessarily workout clothes, but it's not... It's, we're both just comfortable. Like that's, you know. <laughs> gives you no visual idea what we're talking about. But I'm just, you know. No, it really could mean anything. It could mean something totally inappropriate. So I think we should just leave it there and not explain it further. Yeah, it's a, I mean, you, it's, an, it's a dress code you start to understand more and more when you're in your 30s. <laughs> as, you, as you slowly turn into your parents. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of seeing that more and more. I don't know if you've had this experience. I've had it a few times where I'll like clear my throat and then I'll be like, where did my dad, when did he show up? Like, oh, gosh. That's just me. <laughs> but you also, in your 30s, you do get the infusion of, I don't know what the female equivalent of this is, but as a, as a man, you get the infusion of old man rage. Mm, yeah. Where it's it's like... it's it's a two-part thing. You realize you're turning into your father and also you're starting to see your own dreams begin to die. Where it's like... Yeah, it's it's a combo of the two. Where it's like, I'm too old for this. This is never going to happen. This is probably never going to happen. And all that accumulated anger just sort of arrives. Yeah, this thing did happen, but that was not the way I wanted it. (laughs) Hey, leave my honeymoon out of this, please. Oh, man. We could have a we could have a pretty R-rated version uh, of this episode where we just share honeymoon horror stories. <laughs> I can share this. This was like a, a G-rated honeymoon horror story. We we went to Myrtle Beach, just a you know just a couple stupid kids, fresh out of the wedding. We just go to Myrtle Beach. So we went to Myrtle Beach and uh, played in the ocean. And my wife somehow swallowed too much ocean water. And spent part of the honeymoon, like, up at night throwing up. 
Because she drank too much ocean. Ooh. Well, I mean, it could have been worse. <laughs> she could have uh, she could have tried to take a picture in a field by the wedding venue and had to kind of hike up her dress a little bit and accidentally gotten poison ivy on her legs. Oh my. <laughs> Similar outcomes, but different cause. <laughs> I'm just I'm just imagining at the end of the honeymoon, you also uh, are contaminated, shall we say, with poison ivy. Somehow that didn't happen. <laughs> I guess you can do the math to figure out why that might not have happened. <laughs> solve, solve for X. <laughs> I feel like I was lied to about poison ivy as a child. One thing my parents told me was never scratch it. And they also said that if you scratch it, it w- scratching it would make it spread. And I don't think either of those things are true. I yeah, I, I don't know. I see. I don't have enough. I, obviously, I have some very intimate secondhand experience with poison, <laughs> but I don't have a lot of firsthand experience. It's just not a feature of Florida for the most part. Or maybe it's because I'm just not outdoorsy enough. Okay. Uh, Alabama, it, you know, we just have poison. It's everywhere. Um, so in our current house, I would always get it whenever I'd go out and, and work in the yard. And uh, I just started scratching it because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a grown man. I can scratch it now if I want to. That's, that's what he's, I don't know. That, that didn't sound right. Yeah, you could use that. But uh, yeah, and then I started researching it, and I was like, I, I don't know that actually scratching it makes it any worse. I think it just makes it feel better. It's probably true. I mean, I I, I don't want to be the well actually guy, but I do think <laughs> your level of rash is relative to how allergic you are to it. And uh-huh. so that's just something going on internal view, and scratching it's not necessarily making that much of a difference other than maybe you get it on your hand now, but even then, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think, it, I don't think it spreads based on you scratching it. I think the only thing that can make it really spread is like the initial oil that rubs under your skin. Mm-hmm. By, by the way, this is just riveting audio entertainment for our audience right now. Well, this is what they pay for really. <laughs> Where else are you going to get this kind of cultural commentary? Engaging the culture one plant at a time. Hey, but do we confess to poison ivy? I think it's the other way around. I, I feel like the poison ivy owes me an apology for ruining my honeymoon. No kidding. No kidding. All right, perfect segue, Nasty Nate. That's right. Into Christian tweets. One of the most important things we do on this podcast. And oh my goodness, we have... We have an outstanding batch of Christian tweets that we need to dive into today. Uh, we are almost to the end of the year, which means it's it's going to be time for our end of the year Christian tweet of the year tournament. This will be the third third year that we do this. And I got to say, there's a couple contenders in the batch that we're about to introduce today. Yeah, I, it, these are these are some quality. Oh man, I, I don't want to spoil the fun before we get into one. So, which, which one do we want to start with? I'll let you pick. You pick one to perform, and then I'll pick one. Well, I mean, I feel like we have to start with this uh, Union Seminary uh, plants tweet. I mean, every it, everyone got their initial dunking on this. See, <laughs> uh, date stamp was almost two or three weeks ago. Um, I feel like it was also, was it a Wednesday? Or was it a Wednesday when everyone was like, 
losing their mind about it. It's hard to say. It was it was midweek. I don't remember which day, but it was midweek. Gotcha. Now I I don't want to steal too much of Casey's thunder, but she could be here in spirit. <laughs> you and her have not talked about this, is that right? Uh, we've we've referenced it, but we didn't we didn't go in depth on it. Okay. She sent me this thing that uh, like if you're, you're looking at the picture, but if you zoom in. <laughs> One African American guy just yep. sitting there thinking about his life choices, <laughs> wondering why white people are so weird. That's exactly what it looks like. Um, so you've got that. You've got the. These are some pretty sad looking plants. All things being equal, <laughs> I, maybe that's why they picked those plants to confess to. Just they've had a rough time, but. Hey, hey, Union, maybe don't just confess them. Maybe throw some water on them or something. Yeah, like a couple of these definitely look like they've not been well tended. And so <laughs> I do kind of, there are plants in my life I should confess to for not not watering well, not putting in the right sunlight. Like we, Allie and I both struggle with uh, keeping plants alive inside our house, which, you know, is maybe a apologetic for why plants should be outside to begin with. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit unnatural, you know. I think of the Jim Gaffigan bit about Christmas trees where it's like it's kind of the behavior of a drunk person taking something that clearly belongs outside and deciding it needs to go in the middle of the living room. (laughs) So maybe that's the first mistake, bringing all those plants together inside. Um, I don't know. I mean, plants have... Do we really... I, I, I don't know. There's just so many... So many angles here. What's so? What's the deal with the dirt on the floor? Why did they have to put the dirt on the floor? Yeah, that's what. The more I looked at it, I, I was like, "Is this? Did they shovel all that in into the rectangle to put the plants on so the plants felt more at home, <laughs> or is that actually a feature of that room? There's just a giant square dirt patch in the middle of it where they didn't finish, didn't finish the tile, or I would say both equally plausible. Yeah, I mean, as I'm looking at it, all of these plants are already inside a pot full of dirt. So the dirt underneath feels redundant in some way. It's like if you, it's like I think of like SeaWorld. It's like, well, you have the dolphin in the tank, but then what if you put the tank on a boat? It doesn't help the dolphin in the tank. The dolphin's still, you know, he's still fine. The, the extra water underneath doesn't do anything for him. All right, so can you, can you perform the tweet for the listeners who may not be familiar with it? Okay, so it's uh, Union Seminary, uh, and they the the uh, we've talked about the picture a lot, and so hopefully everyone has a clear picture of the picture. But today in chapel, we confessed to plants. Together, we held our grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow in prayer offering them to the beings who sustain us, but whose gift we too often fail to honor. What do you confess to the plants in your life? (laughs) To which most everyone confessed that they'd never thought about confessing to plants before. (laughs) Um, I mean, so I could just, I could riff theologically for a minute and just this idea of we're confessing to plants, but then the next sentence together, we held our grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow. That's a real hodgepodge of emotions, (laughs) a couple of which fit with confession. Um, I don't know how much grief there could legitimately be involved in relation to a plant. 
joy is a bit of a stretch. I, I mean, I do enjoy a good palm tree every now and then, but joy is a little strong. Uh, regret, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Hope, probably not. Guilt and sorrow. Okay, so see, the guilt and sorrow piece, like, okay, I feel bad and sad about what I did to the plants. But then the ending of it, one, I don't like that they uh, use a, a semicolon. I feel like that should have been a period <laughs> after prayer. Um, but I, I get why it's not, because grammatically, but it's just... Easy, you know, Karen Swallow prayer. I know. I, I, I'm a stickler for let's not use the semicolon if we can avoid it. Um, but they're offering, let's see, I'm trying to just think of the logistics of holding all of those emotions at once or separately. Can I feel grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow simultaneously? Well, speaking of my honeymoon again. Uh, well, there you go. Um, I feel like the ocean owes you an apology in that case, but (laughs) I think you're correct. Uh, so we have all those emotions and then we're offering to the beans Beans is a strong word. <laughs> it's a bold choice. Yeah. Who sustain us. I've, I feel like the being who sustains us is God, but maybe that's just me. Um, <laughs> whose gift we too often fail to honor. Like It's like that whole last part. I'm like, if we've really nailed the whole uh, honoring God who sustains us piece, maybe we move on to plants, but that's maybe not the next most obvious thing. You know, like the African-American gentleman in the back there thinking, do reparations next. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to something more significant we can confess and acknowledge before we think about our relationship to plants. Well, yeah, but if we're if we're actually doing that, we, we might actually have to do something and it's not as showy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the thing I loved about this is, is I, I kept checking back to the Union Seminary feed throughout the day when this broke. And it was a, a textbook example of, of jury selection. Of they would they would comb through every response. So there were hundreds of responses making fun of them, and every time they found one that was slightly supportive, they would retweet it just over and over and over and over again throughout the day. Yeah, I saw I saw that. Did you see the 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 threaded explanation that they added like a couple of days later? It was insufferable. It was. It, it was a classic example of the explanation actually makes it worse. <laughs> who could have who could have guessed that they were tone deaf? It, it's always the people you least suspect. <laughs> so my takeaway from from this, and it brings me great joy to point this out, but just how similar sometimes progressive and conservative Christians can be. Even though they think they are totally different, it was the the thin-skinned aversion to any kind of criticism or joke. I mean, it was like something that Jerry Falwell would do. Of Jerry Falwell gets roasted for something, and he's going to comb through and find somebody that supports him and retweet that over and over and over again, and select his own jury. Yeah, well, there's a there's a part of me that's this is maybe a little aggressive on my on my behalf, but there's a part of me that could imagine a slightly differently worded tweet and a picture of not something in chapel, but just some like wildlife picture. But then the tweet is from desiring God and it's about how we fail to honor the environment. Yes. 
but it would be it wouldn't it wouldn't be as oh as easily open to ridicule because of the picture chosen but it would be the similar sentiment of which deep down i mean you could say there is a sense in which we do need to be better stewards of the environment but sure confessing to plants is probably the weirdest way to go about applying <laughs> Hey, also ineffective. It doesn't do anything. True, true. And, and also, generally speaking, and I'm probably drawing on this from somewhere else, how do I know if the plants have accepted my confession? I, I think... It's not good enough. I think that was postulated by, by known Twitter deviant Matthew Pierce. Yeah, there you go. So, see, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just drawing all these insights, but I mean... What do we? When does it end? Uh, I say it once and move on with my life. What if the plant dies right after that? Like, how do I take that? Did it die in peace? <laughs> it's received the confession, or is it so torn up with grief over the way I've mistreated it that it just shrivels up and dies? Well, I'll tell you where it ends. It ends now. We'll just yep. we'll just move on. This is from Lura Groen. I'm probably not saying that right, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. I love this tweet, Nate. It says, occasionally I'm reminded that not all pastors give out safer sex tips as part of pastoral care. But for real, y'all, we should be talking about safer sex. Hey, cool, Laura. Thanks for that. Yeah. Are you occasionally you're reminded that not all pastors give out safe what? What causes you to th- what jogs this into your memory, Laura? <laughs> right. Yeah, I would. En- I would enjoy a thread, maybe given some background for this. Um, I would also. It, it, I'm used to hearing safe sex, not safer sex. So that strikes me as maybe she means something I'm not necessarily getting at or grasping to. I don't want to use too many puns, but uh. <laughs> I love the image of like I'm I'm just going into my pastor's like, hey pastor, you, you said you had the uh, my my year to date earnings that I could use for my my tax return, and he's no no actually no I don't need a demonstration about a condom. Can I just get the uh, the year to date uh, mm-hmm. giving? No, I, I don't need to hear about a dental dam. Can I just uh, yeah yeah yeah? Can I can I just have that that form? I, well, I want to know what's the opposite of safer sex. Are people having dangerous sex out there? And so the pastor needs to be like, no, 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 not that. I think it's safer. I think it's when you're rolling around in poison ivy and drinking ocean water. Probably. Yeah. That's like, that's not the safest way to do that. There's other ways. Let me tell you. Make sure you're in a safe location. <laughs> Facebook status. I've been marked safe. <laughs> uh, occasionally, I'm reminded that not. A, is this a uh, is this a legendary straw man or just a regular straw man we're we're dealing with here? It's probably a legendary because it. I, as I've known quite a few pastors in the day. Um, I don't know how much of any of their pastoral care other than like premarital counseling involves sex tips, period, <laughs> less safer sex tips. Uh, and at the end of the day, are there that many tips? <laughs> like, is there, 
I, I don't like we it's just not clear what kind of safe sex is she safe from disease safe from injury safe from pregnancy what, what are we marking ourselves safe from in these tips uh, also i mean you would think that you would think that if a pastor is giving out tips this is somebody who's about to get married or already married how how many married people are coming in looking for sex tips though true yeah if that's what you're if you if you know you need that i'm not sure your pastor is the first person you reach out to you're gonna do what what all evangelicals do and that's send an email to desiring god asking john piper if oral sex is a sin true we have a pattern for this we have a protocol mm-hmm well, that's if you're conservative. If you're more progressive, you'll just go get Mark Driscoll's Real Marriage book and just follow everything in there. <laughs> yes, no, known progressive Mark Driscoll. Yeah, because he's, he's progressive now. He's not one of those Calvinist people. Good thing, too. Right. I wasn't sure until that interview came out. Now I know. <laughs> oh, Mark. All right, you, you're up. Which one are you picking? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, okay. So I I don't actually know what to make of this Lee Strobel tweet. <laughs> uh, so it, so it's five. He, he's he's done some interesting spacing here. So we've got five distinct lines. I'll admit it. Period. I've never tried peanut butter until my 60th birthday, period. There, I've said it, period. Parenthetical statement on a new line, and I didn't like it when I tried it, period, which is not necessary inside the parentheses, but we return you now to your regularly scheduled program, period. Also, there's the little, uh, we've got the timestamp on there. Uh, and then we've got the the notice that it's from Hootsuite, which means this was a probably a scheduled tweet. This is not a spur of the moment. I should share this with the people. And <laughs> somehow he gets 40 retweets and 1,200 likes. Are, are we calling BS on this? How can an American make it to 60 years of age without drinking peanut butter? I, yeah, that's that's my first thought is that that doesn't seem possible, especially not tried. Like I've never, I've never had a peanut butter sandwich or I've never had a PB and J. I can imagine a scenario where somehow you never have that particular combination of ingredients, but to have never even come across peanut butter, like you've never had a Reese's, you've never had Reese's pieces. You've never had any kind of peanut butter interaction. It's somehow you've done that for 60 years. Lee Strobel, you you have led us into a kingdom of lies. Yeah, like it, but also that's a weird. That's a as the kids might say, that's a weird flex. Mm. Like it comes across like it's kind of a brag. Yeah, and then also the like I'm not susceptible to liking things like that, unlike you. <laughs> I didn't. I'm not a part of Big Peanut Butter, the scam. Yeah. yeah. So I've never tried this. Like that's a weird thing to brag about, um, and you don't like it. 
I don't really, you know, do we need to know that? I guess maybe. Like, I tried peanut butter for the first time and not a fan. The, the tweet could have been so much shorter. He's very proud of himself for this. Yeah. It's like he knows he's going to get the blowback, but he, he's just going to fully enjoy the troll as it happens. Right. It's like it's taking a controversial stand on something that just is completely unnecessary. <laughs> and in Maybe. that sense, fits right in on Christian Twitter. True. Yeah, I mean, is it that different than picking another hill to die on that's not really relevant? <laughs> <clears throat> Also, I'm wondering what, what, I mean, 60th birthday. Okay. So that's a big occasion. Why then? Like you've gone this long. Why you, on your 60th birthday, is like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. Like what, what event in your life prompted that? Is this the first time you've actually come in contact with it? And you're like, oh, I guess I'll try it. Did it have to do with the old evangelical standby birthday sex? Oh, well, possibly. Could have been a new ingredient choice. Um, <laughs> Did I just take you to a dark place? <laughs> no, not really. It, I, I, was, I was actually already thinking along another line of like, what if he's like one of those people, he's never tried peanut butter before, and his first interaction is with the like organic natural peanut butter oh. from, you know, Publix or Walmart or wherever but he didn't know that you have to stir it all up before you do it. And so he just like scooped off the top layer of oil. It's <laughs> gross. Why does anyone eat this? That's so disgusting. But he's never tried peanut butter. So how would he know? You know? He's a novice. I mean, if, if, you, if, if we're, if we're going to try to, to sway Lee Strobel, I think I got to give him some Peter Pan honey roast creamy. There you go. There you go. You start off with that. And if, if, I don't know. There's so many. Maybe maybe we need to add him a few times, see if we can get him to respond on what yeah. type of peanut butter. Was it just straight peanut butter? Was, was he, he, not, was, he was he aping Tim Keller's uh broccoli stance? Is he oh, watching they, is he watching Tim Keller have fun with the kids on Twitter about broccoli and Lee Strobel says, You know what, I'm gonna do that, but with peanut butter. He might. That 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 would make a lot of sense psychologically. Although in Keller's case, he's just like, I don't like this. He's not like, I've never had it before until last week on my birthday. Mm-hmm. That would be even weird. That would That's probably the only thing that would make this tweet weirder is if it were, I've never tried broccoli until my 60th birthday. There, I've said it. And I loved it. And then he just, yeah. you know. Well, Keller's, de- Keller's position is defensible because broccoli is gross. Mm. It is true. No one, no one would eat broccoli if it weren't touted as some sort of health food. Yeah. Hey, I think I'm good. I'll just go lick one of my dirty socks if I want that taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Also, like you have to chew it forever. Like there's no, there's no quick way to eat broccoli. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to put it. That's what she said on that, but it just didn't, didn't, mm. didn't work. I'll, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep working on that one. Okay. Yeah, you, you could develop it more. Okay. Speaking of developing, uh, I was trying to corner you into reading the marriage bed tweet, but I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and take it. At the marriage bed, if pleasure, <laughs> I can't even do it. If if, if pleasure feels, 
If pleasure feels like an obliteration, something is wrong. <laughs> if sex is not pleasurable, something is wrong. Hashtag sex tip. <laughs> <laughs> an obliteration uh, yeah an obliteration I, I looked that up <laughs> I wanted an actual dictionary definition definition yeah. um, and it says uh, the first part of the definition is the action or fact of obliterating or being obliterated which is that part of the definition that's not helpful but then the other words it used to define it is total destruction <laughs> Uh, and then if we look up obliterate, it is destroy utterly or wipe out. <laughs> um, so I don't, one, I don't know how you could feel obliterated unless you've actually been obliterated, in which case something is definitely wrong if you cease to exist after you've had sex. <laughs> um, if you feel worn out okay that's different but that doesn't necessarily mean something's that might mean something's very right uh, which 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 person are, do you think they're speaking to in particular the man or the woman well <laughs> it feels like this is a tweet to women i think you're right it, it, I don't know because there, there's a I don't I can't I don't without getting too graphic or too like <laughs> logistical like I don't I can't think of how a guy would feel obliterated by <laughs> heterosexual sex I guess we'll put it that way um, <laughs> if sex is not pleasure and then the whole part of sex is not pleasurable. I mean, everyone kind of maybe figures that, but sometimes a guy doesn't have to be told that. If it hurts, don't do it. I'm mean, okay, sure. Uh, obliteration. But obliteration, that's like a very, that's deep hurt. That's like, that's not just like, oh, that didn't feel right. That's, that's, an, like a, that's an I, existential shift. Yes. <laughs> My body has been rearranged. <laughs> I feel utterly destroyed. <laughs> well, you know, as far as obliterations go, my youth pastor said, if you save your obliterations for marriage, <laughs> they will be more pleasurable. That's probably true. Because God will bless them and they'll be special. Yeah, there's a I don't, I holy obliteration. I don't know if that can be a <laughs> Holy obliteration. Now that sounds like a, a really messed up like Christian porn, probably. <laughs> it's not holy with an H, it's holy. It's, it's well it's holy with an H, but it's not whole it's there's an E that's snuck in there somewhere. It, it would be streamed on the uh, the Pure Flix sister site, Pure F U X. Oh, there it is. That's that's where uh, face based porn is streamed from. Mm-hmm. It's all G-rated, of course. <laughs> it's just a lot of like them talking to each other in bathrobes after the fact. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like it, it feels like it, the audio and the video simultaneously cut out at the part that you thought was going to be the like 
<laughs> and then it's like, but it didn't somehow. And like somehow they're still just talking, but now it feels like something happened, but you didn't see anything happen. And then you just learn some sort of lesson at the end that's <laughs> applicable to daily life, like best plants or. All right, we got two left. You got to pick either Beth Moore or John Piper. Well, I'll, I'm going to save you the Beth Moore one because you're you're implicated in that one. Okay. Uh, and I want to know more details about it, but we'll talk about John Piper's gun. Someone someone needs to talk to him about wording. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on at Desiring God that they can't just explain, but man. Okay, so uh, John Piper. So first thing, he's got Proverbs 14.30, envy makes the bones rot. And then at the bottom, he's got a conclusion, stand up straight and be content. So that in and of itself maybe is a good application of the verse, you know, the more envious you are of other people, the more it causes you to curve in on yourself, no pun intended. Uh, so if your bones rot, you can't stand up straight. But then he gives this like, let's, let's uh, before he gets to his actual common sense application, he's got to paint a picture for you. So <laughs> in the part of the tweet, your bones are the only hard substance in your body. Picture yourself with no skull, no spine, no shoulder or arm bones, no ribs, no hip or leg or foot bones, a sack of moist, immobile discontent. Because you've been obliterated. You've been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a holy obliteration right there. <laughs> yeah, so his use of the word hard is you know, typically problematic. Sack, hard and sack in the same tweet, not too far from each other. You should never use the word moist. I mean, more people than not cringe at that word. Um, and especially sack and moist so close together. Well, that's... Okay, yes. Go on. You know, um, as soon as... As soon as you get the whole, your bones are the only hard substance in your body, there's so many boner jokes you can make with that. Um you know, like that's. So I don't, I, I don't know that I could go down that road very, very comfortably. But <laughs> you can have more than one hard substance in your body. Well, if if you're doing it right. Yeah, ideally, if you're not obliterating the other person. <laughs> so we we brought this up in an earlier episode, but we never officially put it in a Christian tweet segment. But I feel like this is a uh, this is a contender for tweet of the year. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a. Uh... There's just so much to work with there. Plus the picturing yourself. I mean, at the end of it, I'm supposed to visualize a sack of moist something. <laughs> I can visualize a moist sack, but that's that's not what he's getting at. But it's it's still very close. I mean, could you actually picture no bones in your body? I mean, what would you like? You would you would not be a sack. You'd be more like a puddle. <laughs> a blob. See, he could have said a blob of immobile discontent, and that there would have been nothing super problematic about that. Mm -hmm. To call it a sack and to use the adjective moist is what just takes it over the edge. <laughs> yeah, just, just your standard tweet about moist sacks on Kirsten Twitter. Yeah, you know, no big deal. No big deal. Just preaching to the people. <laughs> 
how much would you pay to have John Piper perform his tweets like back to back to back to back with all of his gesticulations and his own kind of emphasis and it's just like a stand-up comedy routine essentially but it doesn't mean to be like that video that surfaces every now and then where he's he's addressing an association of christian counselors or something and there's a misprint in the um in the program and so there was supposed to be a Christian comedian speaking. And so they all think he's the Christian comedian. So he's like <laughs> laughing at him. And he just looks so, so confused. Cause he's not, he's not doing anything that's very obviously funny, but because they all think it's supposed to be funny, they're laughing at his like <laughs> personal story and his like, you know, you know how he like pauses and stuff. So just imagine that being filled with laughter and just the look on his face of like, what? <laughs> It'd be something like that. It'd be like the uh, the Saved by the Bell edits, where they uh, they take like the most serious scenes from Saved by the Bell and they add in the teenage girl screams. Oh yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Those come out like that came out last year. They were pretty funny. Yes, yeah, so it's probably like that. <clears throat> All right. So last tweet, Beth Moore, another contender I, I i got this one might win it it might win i think it's going to make the final round anyway she and i had an exchange and this was right around the time of the union seminary tweet blowing up so i figured i could make the joke and people would get it and i asked her but do you bow to plants yes no and she responded back no but do you smoke plants yes or no yeah such a great comeback (laughs) this is the second time in fact she has accused me on twitter of being high which is just beautiful and i love that and i accept that yeah because it it, it is very subtle because the implication could be that you're high but if we think about it i mean smoking tobacco tobacco is a plant too so she could just be asking if you like cigarettes or I could just be a uh, a Calvinist cigar boy. There you go. See, she could just be asking and something. But yeah, I do. I do think though she's asking about the marijuana. <laughs> but she doesn't say that. <laughs> she's she's politely asking if I, in fact, have reefer madness. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, people. People jumped all over this. They they found this to be delightful, as they should have, for it is mm-hmm. delightful. And I actually think she kind of felt a little bad. I think she's pretty sweet because it, she seemed like she got a little guilty about it. That like everybody was making posting these memes of like, oh, you murdered him, like oh, slam dunk, like oh, you just ended this guy on Twitter mm-hmm. when she was trying to be funny because like right after that she. She replied to one of them and, and made a point of, of tagging me, just saying, like, oh, you know, he's really funny, blah, 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 blah. And Pam Haley's compliments, I think, to just, like, let me know. Like, hey, I wasn't trying to <laughs> obliterate you on Twitter. Good, good. Yeah, so it's no no holy obliteration. <laughs> no. I think the fact, I mean, she does, for those who have ears to hear could pick up on the fact that when she answers your question with uh you know you're doing yes no but the y slash n and she answers with the n 
she, it's kind of like she's playing the game with you. And then when she asks a follow-up question with also the Y slash N, it does have the playful connotation of like, I see that you're making jokes and I'm joking along with you as opposed to if she'd gone on this whole rant about how you're in, yeah, I don't know. She could have, she could have woman explained to you that you don't bow to plants or something like that. <laughs> she's uh she's pretty cool because my, my, my joke response to this tweet was I only smoke plants when me and Jerry Falwell are at the club together. Mm. And she, she liked that tweet. So, uh, She's she's cool. She gets the joke. She she knows what's up. She she does. <laughs> Beth is about that life. That's right. So a lot of things uh, a lot of things on the table now for Christian tweets. A lot of a lot of contenders. We are we are hurtling towards the the tournament where the votes shall be counted. Yeah, and I feel like it's really it's probably it's got to be one of these tweets that really makes it to the end unless john piper's got something else in that moist sack that he's gonna pull out (laughs) or some other event that is more over the top than the union seminary plant chapel i mean i don't know what kind of chapels they've got planned for the rest of the year but there may be another one that supersedes the plant confessions (laughs) The rest of these, it's like, well, is Lee Strobel going to try anything new before the end of the year? Probably not. Um, the marriage bed's always got good stuff, but is they're pretty. They're pretty. I don't know. They, they feel like they're pretty predictable. Not predictable. They're pretty consistent. Mm. So it's hard for them to have something that really obliterates you and just you know <laughs> Can I- leaves you utterly destroyed because of how over the top it is. Can I end the episode with this, Nasty Nate? Is the moist sack where... <laughs> I can't do it with a straight face. <laughs> is the moist sack where the sexy stones are kept? Yes. Yes, it, they are. They, they give the sack a little bit of gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you're the one to do it, or maybe someone else is, but that, that would be a good way to quote tweet. Uh, this thing about the sack of immobile discontent. <laughs> you're, you're only immobile if the sexy stones are weighing you down. <laughs> oh, sexy stones. Yet another... Uh... Get another streaming title from Pure Fux. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to say that word, but it is a funny joke. Yeah, it's. It, and somewhere, someone is pondering the possibility of that being a thing that could exist. <laughs> it, it's probably one of those pastors who's offering safer sex tips. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> Something is definitely wrong if you cease to exist after you've had sex.